success in the new retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. And this is the Success in the New Retirement Podcast with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. My name is Mark Owens, and it's all powered by Acute Wealth Advisors. All the information, you can find it at successinthenewretirement.com. Now we're honored to be joined by Mike Kinnett of Pro Status Financial Advisors Group. Mike is a financial planner. He's an estate planning attorney, and he has a master's degree in taxation. Mike, thanks so much for joining us this weekend. How you doing? I am so excited about the potential as a tax planning professional, as somebody who focuses their whole career on minimizing taxes. I'm very excited about the opportunities that Joe Biden, when he starts increasing taxes, is going to bring to us. I mean, we're going to have so many opportunities. It's almost scary how much damage he's going to do to this American economy with the changes to the tax codes that he and Bernie Sanders are proposing. It's, it's insane. So I, I'm looking forward to the ability to, to manipulate the rules to protect my clients and you, you guys as well. I mean, it's, it's so important to have us in a position where our clients aren't getting crushed by these tax changes. It's going to be insane. Mike, I know that your space is around taxes and we had that delay. The IRS gave us another month or so. How much did that affect your business and what you do for a living? Well, for us, we absolutely absolutely love it. But most of our tax planning and most of the tax returns that we do, all right, and there's a big difference. And I and I always want to stress this, you know, Damon and Matt and I have talked about this numerous times over the years. There's a big difference between a tax preparer, right? You can teach a monkey to put numbers on a page. That's a tax preparer. You know, they're historians. You bring a bunch of documents, they put numbers on a page and they send you on your way. And a tax planner, that's something that we bring to the table that's a little bit unusual, and a little bit different. So I would tell you the extra month of tax preparation this year, uh, it was a curse but a blessing. It gave us a little bit more time to focus on the returns, but it also had more time of people asking us, what should have I done to save myself taxes? And of course, the answer is always the same. You should have come in earlier in the year and did the tax planning like we recommended you'd come in instead of ignoring it until it's too late. Because of course, during tax season, there's almost nothing you can do. It's the times like this, from this day going forward, getting you, yourself into the office to sit down with Damon, to sit down with Matt and figure out the tax strategies that you need to employ today to make sure that you're paying the least amount of taxes legally possible tomorrow in the future. I mean, think about that. If you could be in the 0% tax bracket by the time you turn 72 years old, wouldn't that be a phenomenal place to be? And that takes tax planning, not preparation. Let's talk through that because, you know, you kind of were a little bit sarcastic at the beginning, kind of saying, oh, I'm super excited about the opportunities. But, you know, Damon and I, we've been on our soapbox, on our radio show, we're doing workshops, talking to our clients' hands, looks taxes are going to be higher. You're going to pay taxes at tax rates that you have never even dreamed of. And a lot of people thought, well, in retirement, I'm going to pay lower taxes. And it's probably going to be the exact opposite. And so we've been preaching this. And finally, we now have some of these rules and these changes being proposed that kind of bring that to reality. And so, you know, Damon and I are excited about some of this stuff because it finally means that people are going to start taking action. So what are some of the things you would say are the priorities right now based on what you're hearing from Washington and from Biden's proposal? And I would take it the next step that it's really been over the last couple of years that is, as Trump really emphasized taxes as, as a, a focus, right? I mean, the whole political spectrum has been focused on tax issues for the last four or five years that have put it in the forefront. And now people are actually realizing, like you just said, Matt, you know, when you get to retirement, why would you want to take a pay cut? No, 
nobody wants to make less money during retirement. So you are not going to be in a lesser tax bracket. And I would even argue, and I'm sure the two of you guys have experienced this as well, you know, between the honey-do list, the round-two list, and the bucket list, you're spending more money than you ever did before. So you're actually, you actually need more revenue, more income, and which just gives the Uncle Sam a better chance to tax it. I think a couple big things that make me very nervous for a couple different reasons right now with the, the proposals that, that are pending. This estate tax issue, if they lower it to five and a half million, you know, that's one problem, but not insurmountable. If they go to where Bernie Sanders is talking about at three and a half million, that hurts the average American, right? I mean, at five and a half million, it's a small percentage. It, you know, at 11 and a half, 12 million, I think it's about 11.7 now. That's not that many people. You can work with that for most people, most Americans. But man, drop it to three and a half million. I think that's a serious problem. They take away the step up in bases. And think about this. When, when we inherit our parents' homes, we typically sell them. A prime example of this, I, just, I was just dealing with somebody just last week. He and his brother sat down with his mom before his mom passed away, and they thought that would be kind of smart. And what they did was they took mom's house that happened to be on the Severn River, which is you know a very popular, very wealthy enclave in the Maryland area. They happened to be on the Severn River, and they took her house that, I don't know, she bought in 1953. And, and yes, she put some additions on it, but her cost basis, what her and her husband had put into the house, was a little over 50 thousand dollars and now this property is worth slightly more than two million and they thought they were going to avoid probate and they did right the process of having to get the house from mom's name into their name they put their name on the house right mom gave them the house where they were alive that meant their cost basis in the house was that fifty three thousand in other words some little manipulations we could use you know dad died 20 years ago so there's some things we could do but at the end of the day these guys are going to pay tax on over a million and a half dollars worth of gain because they did not understand the tax planning process and that's that step up in basis right now had they done their jobs correctly had the advisor they were working with done his job or her job correctly like you guys would have done instead of having mom give the house we would have made a specific type of gift to the kids where it avoided probate which was important but they would have got the step up basis. So when they sold the house for $2 million, they wouldn't have had any gain. And that's called the step up in basis. The value of a date of death, the date of death value is, is considered your cost basis when you sell the assets that you inherit. Well, Biden wants to take that away. And so in this situation, the date of death value would have been still, the basis still would have been that 53000 that mom and dad paid for it, you know, 50 some odd years ago. And they'd be paying tax just like they are now because they didn't do proper planning. And to me, I think that's one of the biggest concerns I have. There's some income tax issues that I, I have concerns about, and we can get a little bit more into those as well. But I think the biggest concern I have right now is from the estate planning and the, the step up in basis. I think that's going to hurt a lot of Americans because, again, the average American, we sell our parents' stuff when we inherit it. When we get those portfolios, we're selling the portfolios and we're doing whatever we're doing with them. We're, we're selling the real estate and we're doing whatever we're doing with that money. And I think that tax implication, that tax bite is going to be a huge slap in the face, notwithstanding if you think there's benefits from the programs that he's going to pay for, you know, that he's going to use that money for. That is a huge, huge, huge tax problem that I think people need to pay attention to today. So just a follow-up question to that. So I've got a client that I've been working with and they have about three and a half million dollars in rental properties right now. And again, their intention was to keep these, maybe add a couple, but just with the appreciation alone, their goal was to have this income source and then you know they'd be passing on wealth to five, six, seven million. Who knows what it would be by the time they passed away. And they were going to take advantage of that stepped up cost basis where they would be able to transfer all these rental properties to their kids without paying a bunch in tax. And I told them, I said, look, you realize that this proposal 
would potentially cause you to your estate to have to pay two, three, four million dollars in tax if they took that away. And now they're kind of like, oh my gosh, what should I be doing? So as you kind of mentioned earlier, you had said, you know, one of the things that will happen is a potential proposal is out there, then it will potentially get passed. And then all of the attorneys and the accountants and the financial planners that are doing their job are going to figure out the loophole. So do you believe there's going to be ways that people are going to be able to still structure things to protect against some of this estate tax changes and what the tax laws will be? Well, the honest truth is it's never as bad as people say it's going to be, right? I mean, there's they always leave a loophole open because there's always some special interest group, be it, you know, the 1031 people, the banking industry, the insurance. There's always some special interest group that says, yes, you can do that to everybody else, but don't do that to me. And one of the advantages, I think, people have in working with people like ourselves that actually believe in tax planning. I mean, I think it's so important. I wrote a, a bestseller about it, but that people actually believe in tax planning that do that as part of their practice. They're proactive. I mean, think about this, Matt. I mean, the fact that you sat down with your client and said to them, Hey, look, I know you think you're going to give, you know, seven, eight, $10 million worth of property to your kids and it's going to pass to them tax free. Well, that's not the way it's going to work. We have a potential problem here. Um, yeah, I think there'll be loopholes. I mean, you know, there's, there's family limited partnerships. They've talked about a limited they talked about step up and bases theirs. There's all sorts, you know, qualified uh, charitable remainder trust. There's there's all sorts of things we can think about doing. And hopefully, I think the biggest thing that we, we can cross our fingers for most of the time, most of the time, and I do say most of the time because Clinton didn't do this, but most of the time, most of the tax rules are prospective, meaning that if it's a bad thing, if it takes away something, usually it's looking forward. So I anticipate, I expect that these rules that they come up with, that they implement, will be effective January 1st of 2022, or there'll be some sort of phase in that'll give us a little bit of time to adjust what we're doing. And and certainly, you know, maybe part of the, the issue right now is that even though they have these rental properties, maybe what they need to do is take the hit now and, and divest themselves now, pay the tax bill today, because even at the worst case scenario, they're still talking about a 20% tax rate if they do it today. So it might make sense from a, a long-term project, a long-term vision to divest, pay that tax bill today, because they're even talking about getting rid of the 1031 exchanges. I mean, think about that. I mean, that's, that'd be devastating. And for, for people that are in real estate, like your clients, Matt, and I'm sure you've talked to them about this, right now the rule says, is I can take this property that has all this gains in it, I can just swap it for another property and never pay tax on it. You can continue doing that until you give it to your kids, but they're even talking about getting rid of that. I mean- Yeah, I know. Yeah, And I, I, I talked to him about that. I said, look, we might be starting to divest this because again, number one, you might be at a lower tax rate, but number two, if we could spread out the sell of some of these properties, depending on what happens, you might end up being a better, more favorable tax rate at that. And so we're already kind of brainstorming ideas, but you know, obviously we're not gonna do anything too crazy until we see what's gonna be reality. Because like you said, that there's a, there's a big difference between the proposal and what actually happens and what loopholes are built into that. And that's kind of the risk we take, right? I mean, to some sort, it's a slippery slope because we assume it's going to be perspective looking, you know, forward looking, and we assume we're gonna have some time. But think about, think about it from that perspective. If they pass this and everybody in the last quarter of the year is selling real estate or selling stock. I mean, imagine imagine the trickle effect of that could happen, of, of people divesting themselves of rental properties and investment properties, people harvesting those gains and those stocks that they have so they can pay tax at the 10, 15, 20. I mean, if you think about this, if Matt and Damon, the three of us are doing our jobs rights, we can have capital gains rate at 0%. Imagine paying 0% tax on, on the gains when you sell stocks. But what happens if everybody 
actually accelerates those things because they want to take advantage of the rules while they're still in place. The implication there could just be absolutely devastating to the stock market, to the economy. I mean, imagine, you know, trillions of dollars being sold the last week of the year because they want to harvest in 2021 instead of waiting for the new tax rules in 2022. Because capital gains rates for some of these people could be 45, 50%. Think about that. 45 to 50% right off the top. What a, what a crazy, crazy way to yeah, go, through, go through retirement paying 40, 50% in taxes. I mean, that's just insane. The president has proposed a new wave of tax changes for the nation. Now, no matter if you agree or disagree, these changes are coming and they could cause a shift in your retirement taxes. So, Mike Kinnett, my first question to you is, on the campaign trail, President Biden said, look, these new taxes won't affect anyone who's making under $400,000 a year. Is that true? Well, what's that old adage? How can you tell when a politician is lying to you? Right? right? I mean, isn't there something about their lips moving or something like that? Right? So, I mean, I guess the devil is in the details like it always is, right? You know, you can keep your health care, whatever it is. It is true that a married filing joint family, if they're making less than 400000 in theory, their income tax is not going to go up. But that doesn't mean that their capital gains rates aren't going to change. It doesn't mean that their child tax credit issues aren't going to change. It doesn't mean that their education and their deductions, the things that they conduct, aren't going to change. It just means that the tax brackets for that person or for that married filing joint is not going to change. So it's always the devil in the details. And I, and I think one of the things that I, I love about working with Matt and Damon is the fact that the common philosophy, the common theme is that tax planning is not a one time a year event, right? I mean, tax planning is not getting your taxes done. Tax planning is, is an ongoing event. And when Matt and I were talking, we just happened to get to play golf together earlier this year with uh, Bill Murray. It was just an incredible experience. And we were just talking about some of the tax planning things that, and we were kind of daydreaming about, oh, well, it'd be great to do, do some tax planning for Bill Murray. And, um, <laughs> but, but, but the reality is, is that tax planning is exactly that. It is not a one-time thing done. It's not something like, you know, baseball players and teams don't win championships because they create one plan and never look at it again, right? Brady plans every single day to be a Super Bowl champion. You know, I don't care if it's Tiger Woods. I don't care if you're a Spieth fan. I, everybody who is very successful has a plan that gets adjusted and monitored every single day. You know, we sit down with our clients every August, September, and October, and we are doing the analysis that we need to do for the year to figure out what tax strategies do we need to employ, what type of Roth conversions do we need to do, what type of tax-free buckets do we want to create, because there's multiple choices on how to create tax-free money during retirement, and it's all an ongoing strategy that needs to be addressed every single year. It cannot be a one-and-done event. You can't just go to your CPA once and say, hey, should I do Roth conversions? And they say yes, and you call it a day. I mean, this is an ongoing. I mean, Matt, Damon, you guys meet with your clients and talk about this stuff with them all the time, right? We're doing that you know, every year, like you said, and, and this is a perfect example of, of why you have to be addressing this year after year is because we're now sitting in an environment where tax rates are super low, but we've got these proposals that are going to change everything, right? And so you're going to have to potentially change some of your strategies. And like you said in our last segment, there may be this time frame, right, where we get to adjust. And, and I, I want you but, to... But before the, you go into that, Damon, I mean, one thing I would say is Damon and I, you know, Mike, you... You have been talking, we have been talking to our clients for years on this. And the, yeah. the one thing that when this proposal came out is I said, oh my gosh, I am so glad that my clients have been doing Roth conversions for the past 10 years. Right. I'm so glad we've been doing, being proactive to this because again, if you're finally waking up and saying, oh my gosh, taxes are going to be the worst. 
there's going to be a limited amount of time to do some stuff. Obviously, we're going to look for as many opportunities we can find. We're going to take advantage of those. But the key was, what could you have done five years ago, six years ago? And so there's people out there that, again, their financial advisor is managing their funds. And that's the only thing that they're getting talked to about is what they should be investing their money in. There is no discussion on tax planning, which is critical, right? Again, that's time wasted. That's time lost. That's opportunities lost that you got to take I, advantage of. I don't understand. I mean, it just baffles my mind that somebody can say, you know, I'm a fiduciary or that I'm a financial planner, that I'm giving you financial advice. And one doesn't understand the tax implications of that very advice they're giving, that they have no idea of the tax implications. I mean, half of those big companies out there, those big buildings that you see their names on the side of the buildings, right? When you get the statement from those companies, it says right on that thing, don't talk to us about tax planning. Don't talk to us about taxes. How can you give advice about investments and not understand that your client is going to lose 20 to 30 to 40% right off the top? It's absolutely insane. We had a client, one of one of Ryan's biggest clients came in, and this was a few years ago, but this is case in point of, of just how bad our industry is in actually taking care of the clients. They're good about charging fees and getting the money in the door, but they're horrible about actually taking care of their client. The client comes in, they had sold a huge, huge audiology practice, right? So, and they had a huge, huge gain. And so they sat down with their CPA and the CPA gave them estimated tax coupons, right? Actually wrote up the payments for them, you know, 1.5 million to the federal government, a little over $600,000 to the state of Maryland, right? This is a Maryland client. And then they went to their advisors and they had two, two advisors. And one that got the, the 1.5 million from the Fed, they took it from one advisor, the 600,000 from another advisor to pay the state. And then Ryan saw the client that came to us because, you know, they read our bestseller about tax planning. And, and they came into the office and it was a couple years later. And Ryan's looking at their tax return from 2017. And, and if you remember, in 2017, you could still deduct state income taxes, right? So you still could deduct state income taxes. So Ryan's looking at the tax return, and he notices that there's this huge, huge loss on the tax return. I mean, a negative $500,000 on the tax return. The front page of the tax return, where it says taxable income, negative $500,000. And Ryan looks at them and says, well, what? did you do here? Why do we have this negative 500,000? And the clients explained to him what happened. And Ryan said, well, why didn't you convert $500,000 of your IRA into a Roth? You could have done it tax-free. And the clients looked at him like Ryan was an idiot because, you know, of course they have a CPA and two financial, two financial people. (laughs) One of them helped them write a check for 1.5 million and the other one helped them write a check for $600,000. And none of them said, Oh, by the way, we could take advantage of this huge loss. And some people might have heard of the terminology net operating loss. And, and a net operating loss is when you have losses related to like a business transaction. That's what happens. And those type of losses, you can move forward and backwards. So if you didn't, if you didn't take it this year, you could use it in the past or maybe use it in the future. But a, a loss that's resulted from a Schedule A deduction, like the, pro, the income tax deduction, loss. Use it or lose it. They lost the ability to convert $500,000 tax-free, and it was all because they were not working with an advisor who truly understands the tax implications of the very tax advice they're giving. It's insane if you are working with somebody who does not 
understand that tax advice. If their recommendation is go talk to somebody else, go talk to your CPA, you need to come sit down with Matt and Damon and figure out how to create those tax plans. I mean, imagine a tax strategy that you're paying 0% tax for the rest of your life. Age 72, RMDs, don't care. Never pay a penny in taxes again. Imagine having that opportunity, and that's what you get when you're working with people that do tax plan. And it's so important to have a tax planner in your life. Mike, wouldn't you agree that, you know, a lot of people that are driving around listening to our show or, or whatever are thinking, well, that's that's for that person who's got a multi-million dollar estate. I'm just an average person and tax planning really isn't for me. What would you say to that person? Well, I would tell anybody who doesn't want to pay taxes. My response to that would be anybody who thinks the federal government is a better steward of your money than you are then go ahead and pay the tax bill. But I don't care if you're paying $100 in taxes, if you're paying $1,000 in taxes, or if you're paying a million dollars in taxes, my opinion is I spend my money a heck of a lot better than the federal government spends my money. So I don't care how much money you are you make, the federal government wants to figure out a way to take more of it and the more often you have tax planning in your life, the less taxes you pay, the less taxes you pay, the less money they can take from me and spend it on stupid things. So I don't care how much money you make, you should be in the 0% tax bracket by the time you get into retirement. There's no excuse for not having a tax plan to get you in the 0% tax bracket. Because it's possible. People think, you know, we get people, when I first came out with my book, I got people calling us and saying, you can't pay zero taxes, that's tax evasion, that's tax fraud. No, no. All the smart people in the world, all the wealthy people in the world, corporate America, think about this. What was it, like 100, 100 of the Fortune 500? 100 companies out of the S&P 500 pay 0% taxes, pay zero taxes. If, if it makes sense for them, why does it not make sense for each and every one of us? It only makes sense to have tax planning in your life if you think you spend your money better than the federal government. If you think they do a better job, pay taxes. Go for it. You know, Mike, you talk about corporate taxation and, and one of the proposals is talking about, you know, these companies who don't pay any taxes and, and having a minimum tax or, you know, raising it from 21 to 28 percent and people thinking, well, okay, that's fine. That's just the corporations. We talked about initially this trickle down effect that there's always this, the, the hidden implications to taxes. How are those changes with corporations and things going to trickle down to our retirees and, and where, what opportunities might it create for them to be be more tax efficient? Well, I think the big thing from my perspective, I mean, obviously it could affect their profitability. So maybe they don't pay off as many, pay out as many dividends. And, you know, a lot of clients rely on dividends as part of their income stream. So, so certainly that could have an impact. But honestly, Damon, I think the biggest thing from my perspective is that corporate America, you know, during the Trump years with those, the tax cuts that he did, they bought back just under $4 trillion of stock. They they took $4 trillion of money that would have been used for taxes and they bought stock back, which means they pushed that stock market up. And so, you know, most of middle America that has savings, you know, the 100, 200, 300,000, half a million, million that they have saved, most of that's in 401k plans. We want corporate America to be buying stocks and keeping those stock prices up because we're not buying $4 trillion worth of stocks. They're pushing the stock prices up. That benefits us greatly as an individual investor. So to me, that that really is my biggest concern, that they take that money away from corporate America. And yeah, people can argue, should they pay their fair share? What exactly does that mean? But there are repercussions of corporate America not having that money to buy back shares of stock. And to me, that's huge because we all rely on the stock market. 
It's it's how we gauge our economy. It's how we gauge our retirement. It's actually what gives us peace of mind, right? If we know we have enough money to replace our paycheck when we retire, and every month we have money coming in, we're comfortable and we're happy. But if we see that account value fluctuate, go up and down, or imagine losing 20, 30, 40% a year or two before you're gonna retire, people have heart attacks, people don't retire. That's insane, right? So I, I do think there are some serious, serious repercussions some of them are you know, maybe a little bit on the smaller side. You know, My dividends might be cut. But I think the fact that they're not going to buy back stocks at the rate they have in the past, I think that is huge for American investors. Thanks for listening. Want more from Damon and Matt? Check out successinthenewretirement.com. And while you're there, drop us an email with your questions. Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.